Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Shella. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Shella. Today, Matt is on assignment, but he'll be back with us next time. Today, we have a returning guest, and that is Stacy Tetchner. He's the president and CEO of the American Traffic Safety Services Association, or ATSA. And Stacy, it's been a while since we've talked, but we're glad to have you back, and we'd like to know what's new. Well, thanks for having me back. It's always a great opportunity to join you all. And I will tell you, there's, there's a lot new since, uh, there's a lot that's new and a lot that's not since the last time we talked. We thought we'd be done with COVID by now, I think. And um, so that's not new, but um, <laughs> right. I, I will say that in the, in the interim, we've just, we've got a new administration. We've got, some, you know, um, for those of you who work with the MUTCD, we've got a new manual coming out and being tested. And um, more importantly, we, we've taken a lot of things virtual and really gotten to a place where we're looking to engage more and more people on roadway safety. Yeah, that's right, Stacy. And you just had your 51st convention uh, slash construction expo back, what was it, February 8th? Yes. Through the, is it the 18th, I believe? Yeah, we, we took it um, over the course of two weeks. You know, going virtual, it's really hard to engage people, you know, for a long time on screens. I think we all get screen burnout. And so we wanted to make sure that we created something that was fun, that was engaging. But at the end of the time um, that we had together, that people actually had learned something and had some practical things they could put to use in, in making our roadways safer. I know I tuned in a couple of days for, for that uh, summit and the Roadway Worker Protection Summit. Can you give us a, a little bit about the highlights of that part of the conference? Sure. That was our first day that we kicked off. And, you know, one of the things that we've been seeing since COVID, um, a lot less cars on the road, but that means the cars that are on the road are taking a little more permission to drive a little faster. And with less cars on the road, they're a little more distracted. So we've been seeing an increase in work zone accidents and work zone fatalities. And it's just something that we're working really hard to turn the corner on that and and push that number back down. So we put together a Roadway Worker Protection Summit with an entire goal of starting and having the conversation on how do we make work zones safer? How do we protect the people that are out there working in construction work zones, especially on the roadways? How do we make it safer for them? There was a man on there that was telling the story about his son that was working in a work zone, striping roads, and he was about a foot from the guardrail walking back to his truck. He was two lanes away from any moving traffic, and a driver that was impaired came flying through the work zone, hit him, and killed him. Yep. And it was so sad, and you could just hear the heartbreak and the sadness in this man's voice as he's telling this about his son, who actually just passed away in August of last year. So, you know, only about, what, six months. Pretty sad story, and it's, you know, something that we all need to be aware of. It, it was, it's just awful every day. You know, I think something that we all have to remember is whenever we're going through a work zone on the highways, I know it can be irritating. It can be really irritating. But these folks that are working are working hard to make our roads better, to make our roads safer. And at the end of the day, there's someone's son or daughter or father or mother that are working in those work zones. And so when you see those signs that say slow down, there's a purpose for that. There's a reason for that. And we and especially, you know, drunk driving is is even worse when you, you know, you couple that with uh, distracted driving or speeding or anything else in those zones. And it, you know, 
the the results are tragic. Well, do you feel like with electronic and uh, autonomous vehicles and and then also the um, safe work zones and um, how do you feel about all of that? Do you think that that those safe work zones help? Do you think this autonomous vehicle thing? I mean, how do you think this is going to affect work zones and those accidents? Yeah, there we're in the middle of investigating a lot of it right now, but I will tell you that um, the the manufacturers of vehicles are looking at it. We're looking at it. We think there are great opportunities, but it's going to have to change the way that we drive and the, the way that uh, we've done things in the past. I'll give you one quick example is I know um, Audi has actually developed a beacon that basically would sit at the beginning of a work zone and also be on a roadway worker's vest. Um, And so as a car, as the Audi car is approaching that work zone, um, the driver of the car will get notified. Also, if the car is getting too close to the worker, the worker is going to have an alarm that goes off to notify them as well. So I'm not saying that's, that's the answer. But these are the kind of conversations that are happening right now, and they're going to make our roadways much safer uh, as long as we deploy them properly. Well, and I think it's important that all entities that are involved with this have that conversation. You've got, you know, manufacturers, you've got the DOTs, you've got groups like ATSA. So I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's interesting because those conversations started without us. In fact, they didn't, they weren't even, the manufacturer wasn't aware of us. And so we invited them to come make a presentation to our group. That, you know, there's a strategy behind that. One is we wanted our group to know what was going on. But two, we wanted the manufacturer to know you've got a resource here that can help you develop these from the worker standpoint so that we can, you can develop something that's very practical in today's work environment as well. Can you explain to our listeners what a smart work zone actually is? Yeah, yes. Yeah, a smart work zone deploys a lot of different traffic management strategies. Um, the whole goal is to optimize safety, and and when I say and and when I say safety, you know, some of the impacts that we're talking about, it's going to improve workers and road users' safety both. So it's not just about the worker, but it's about the road user, and it can be. Um, it's hard to explain without getting too technical for your audience. I'm going to try to keep it uh, simple, but it's going to focus on travel times. So, you know, a, a smart work zone maybe used to be slow down or you get a, a big fine. In this case, I'm going to give you an example from our Circle of Innovation this year. One of our Circle of Innovation winners, a vehicle is sent speeding coming into a work zone. Um, they will also have deployed in there uh, a temporary traffic light. And that traffic light will actually turn to red. So then um, the, the car actually has to stop before it can um, proceed through the work zone. And we all know that it's not going to um, proceed again at that, at that high rate of speed. But it could, so it's everything from that to letter boards that tell you, hey, you're speeding, slow down. You know, there's a whole variety of things that you could, that, you know, you could imagine that are going to happen in a work zone to manage that traffic flow. Um, and it's all automated. And you mentioned the circle of innovation. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So every year, um, you know, one of the players a lot of people don't realize in the whole road construction industry are departments of transportation. And each state has its own department of transportation. Those same folks come to our convention every year. And in our circle of innovation, they come and share their biggest challenges um, in um, work zone safety as, and roadway safety, as well as their biggest successes. 
and they share them with each other in a forum. We have it a, a facilitated forum. What happens out of that is a lot of different um, conversations in terms of the state DOT may say, oh, I have that same problem. I'll take that solution back. And then the manufacturers are sitting in that room and they're saying, well, if everybody's having this problem, I could actually develop a product to fix this. And so we've actually seen that where since we've started, we've seen products come to fruition that are now being deployed um, and directly as a result of conversations or, that were had in this circle of innovation discussion. I noticed that you had DOTs from like 43 states and I believe was there a couple other countries. One of, one of the things we did with our convention is we want to get all of those DOT folks there. A lot of times they don't realize that they're, they should be part of the conversation. Uh, once they come, they also realize it's like a candy store for them. They get to come walk through our trade show and they get to see all the fun stuff that they could be using. But the DOTs are the one who set the specifications for what um, a new roadway project or is going to look like. And so they get to come see the latest in technology at our show. And so we want them there to also be part of all these conversations. I also saw one of the initiatives that ATSA collaborates with, with I believe it's the Transportation Research Board Standing Committee on Traffic Control Devices. And it, they were talking about this design competition that they have where it's a student challenge. And I guess students that are in college, they have this competition for them to come up with new innovative ideas to help in traffic control and keeping the highways safe. Right. So TRB typically meets right before us and, and the competition comes and, and is really held there. And once it's completed, the top three winners are then invited, and we're usually about a week or two weeks after that show, um, to come present those ideas at our show so that, again, DOTs can get excited. Manufacturers might try to buy the idea from them or employ these folks. Uh, but it's really some of that younger, latest technology thinking that's coming forward for us. And we get really excited about that every year. I hate the fact we couldn't actually do it this year because of the virtual component of this. We just couldn't. Uh, TRB couldn't facilitate it and we couldn't facilitate it. And so next year when we're back in person, we're excited to do it again. I'm, I'm sure it's amazing to see some of the ideas that those young people come up with. Right. They, and a lot of times they may be, well, they're likely engineering students, but they're that fresh set of eyes that we need in this industry. Because a lot of times you go to these meetings and it's the same people talking about the same problem year after year after year. And all of a sudden you get a fresh perspective and it really brings a breath of fresh air and excitement to the industry. I, I know during your convention, you had a platform that was dedicated to the young industry professionals. What are you hoping to cultivate with that? Young industry professionals really find it hard to crack the code. And also when you look at generational issues, it's harder for a younger generation to talk to an older generation sometimes without feeling talked down to or, or um, disregarded. So we create a forum and, and both a forum for discussion and a forum for fun for those younger folks in the industry, usually under 40, to come and network with each other. And this is the way that you know, the future of our industry is being built. These are our future leaders. These are, um, they're, they're, I call them their new good old days. It's a time for them to get together and create some good old days for their, themselves in the industry. So when they're the older folks, they can sit around the bar and talk about what it was like then. I know you had a speaker at your forum, and her name was Karen Bobo, and she was talking about the workforce, how uh, from 2012 to 2022, that'll increase like 11%. 
And so, you know, we're going to need all these, you know, new workers in the transportation industry. Do you feel like that is something that we'll be able to to feel? And, and if not, do you have any ideas about how we will, you know, go about that, finding those workers for those jobs? Sure. You know, I, we had we de- we dedicated an entire um, couple of hours to that forum so that we could really talk about workforce issues. I will say that this is an industry that's not always easy to attract qualified workers to, and the government has. Um, I want to make sure I get this right. I think it's called the Center for Transportation Workforce Development, um, along with the Federal Highway Administration, and and we have um, partnered with both of them with an initial goal to create a resource and create. Um, awareness of this as an industry to work in. And that's as much as we do a lot of uh, uh, things like you've seen at this convention, we also have a big training arm as well. And we help train people up to get in this industry. And I'll give you one example is um, a lot of folks that are entering into this industry is to be a, what we call a flagger. It's the person you see with the stop slow paddle that, that's out in a, a, in a work zone. And you have to be certified to do that. You can't just get that. And, you know, if, if those people aren't trained properly, you could have chaos in those work zones. And so um, we've partnered to make sure that our training is accessible. There's federal grants that make that training accessible to everyone um, so that we can create a greater pool of workers so that the employers aren't so worried about finding people, but they've got qualified people in this pool. And the government's been a great partner in helping us do that. What can LIUNA's members expect to look forward to with work zone safety in 2021? Well, I think, you know, one of the things I will just say that if you're interested in the topic and especially the roadway safety topic, we just launched a new magazine called Roadway Safety Magazine, comes out um, once a quarter and members can, your members can ex- access that online for free. Just go to atsa.com, A-T-S-S-A.com. Uh, in there, look for Roadway Safety Magazine. We just launched our first issue and your members can engage with that data with data engage with that information and those articles. We look at everything in there from, uh, I'll give you one example. In the last year, we've seen a trend where a lot of folks are moving away from the work zone helmets or work zone hats and moving to a work zone helmet because a lot of injuries were happening as people would get hit in a work zone. They weren't necessarily killed, but they could have a traumatic brain injury because that hat was designed to protect you from something falling, not from a fall. And so as that is transitioned, one of the features we had in there was how that work zones are transitioning to have helmets versus hats. And you know, I know it sounds like a little thing, but it's a big thing because it could save one of your members um, a, lot of, a lot of pain and agony and, and tragedy, actually. Well, I, that brings me back to another speaker that you had that uh, she owned a construction company, but she was talking about when she first started out and was working and there was a guy on the back of her truck and he fell off and hit his head on the concrete and, you know, things seemed fine. They took him to the hospital and he ended up passing away. So, you know, something like that does seem like something small, but I mean that maybe that could have saved his life. It absolutely could have. It could have been, you know, as again, as we're getting more information, more data and sharing more information like we do through these forums, um, other people are able to see, oh, here's what I could actually do to protect my workers. That's again one of their most precious commodities. They can't get they can't get the jobs done without without these good folks that are out doing the work for them every single day. That's true. That's true. Um, I know we've been we talked about when we first started this interview. We talked about dealing with COVID and 
we dealt with it last year. We kind of thought we were going to be finished with it this year, but as you can see, we're, we're still dealing with it. And because of that, and because of closure of businesses and other things, I know that the average state tax revenue is down about 29% compared to 2019. What does that mean for ATSA and the future for America's infrastructure? Well, you know, a lot of our um, infrastructure and the, thing, and the work that we do is paid for through the gas tax. And a lot less people are driving today. And we're also seeing a lot more electric vehicles coming online, which actually don't pay the gas tax. So we're exploring with Congress and with other methods, ways to fund the, you know, we call it the pay for, for what's going to come forward in infrastructure. Now, all of that said, I will say that um, ODOT is going to, it through what's going on with COVID and some of the relief programs, I pulled up a quick number. I see that ODOT's going to get over $335 million um, for these projects next year through some of the COVID relief. And I just think that's a huge opportunity um, to say, okay, we've got the government's going to help us bridge this gap right now. But this all it is is a small bridge. We have to find that that next opportunity for how we're going to how we're going to address that. You go to Missouri, they're actually debating a gas tax increase. But that a gas tax increase, at least at the federal level, is usually a conversation stopper. So we're probably going to look at um, a transitioning to a tax for vehicle miles traveled or vehicle miles driven each year. And that'll come almost in the form, I believe, at least the way they're talking about it in Florida. It's like, it's like the registration fee you pay for your car every year. It'll just be tagged onto that. Is there a difference between freight tax and the gas tax? Yeah, for the most part, I, mean, I don't know exactly where freight fees go. I know that they the diesel tax uh, on diesel is actually you know, it comes our way as well for, I say our way for roadway funding, infrastructure funding. Um, uh, but I'm also going to say that uh, I keep going back to infrastructure. The word infrastructure is actually, you know, the definition of that is in flux a little bit too, especially at the federal level. We used to think infrastructure and we'd think roads and bridges and, and railroads. Um, we're talking, it's, you know, the, the new secretary is talking about a roadway infrastructure or not, I mean, infrastructure, including pedestrians and bicycles, and then internet and water and all of the other, you know, public works things that, that we experience and take advantage of in our local communities. What is it that ATSA members can do to get their voices heard, to speak to their legislators? Sure. You know, every year we hold a fly-in, um, and yeah, I don't want to go straight to that, but if someone is looking to get their voice heard, the people that you want to hear are your elected officials. And so we facilitate opportunities, whether it's at this fly-in, um, we do it at the state level, sometimes even at the local level. Um, we ensure that these, these legislators actually see the work that we do and get a chance to hear from the people that are creating the jobs and that are doing the jobs on the ground um, so that they can hear what are, our, what are the priorities for this industry What's going to keep us going? What's going to keep people employed? What's going to keep people safe? You know, the, the new president, President Biden, has a um, personal story related to that. He was, uh, you know, he lost his first wife and family due to a roadway accident. And so um, we, we have to find those commonalities to be able to share our stories so that people really understand that the tragedies that happen when we're not focused on roadway safety. And I'm not just saying work zones. I'm, yeah, people that are, putting the stripes down on the line, they're putting the guardrails out, temporary traffic controls, um, non-temporary traffic controls, 
signs, all of that is related to uh, roadway safety. Well, even our like our emergency vehicles, like the highway patrol and, mm-hmm. you know, ambulance, fire trucks, different, you know, different things like that. Uh, uh, that's also, I, I know that we've had um, several um, ODOT virtual events um, and we've had the highway patrol on those because they always have a story. They always have pictures of close calls or, you know, the same, same as us. They've had where people have gotten hit and they've, you know, died from their injuries. So, right. You know, it involves yeah. a lot of people. You know, and one of the, one of the things that we do, and I, I just want to make sure that I remind um, or, or make your listeners aware, we have a foundation as well called the ATSS Foundation, and we have a memorial um, that we have a, a memorial that actually travels from site to site, and we actually keep a virtual one online where we recognize all those people who have lost their lives in those type of incidents, and those family members that have lost a parent. Um, we actually provide scholarships for them to go to college so that, you know, the loss of this parent in a work zone is is not going to prohibit you from the life that you had ahead of you. Also, I saw where they have some kind of fun things, too, like they have the run and roadway safety challenge and um, you have some golfing events, some clay shooting. I mean, it looks like you guys do a, a lot of different things to kind of uh, um, raise the awareness and to help families of people of fallen road workers. We do. Um, we raise the awareness. We raise funds. We can do this. One of the other things that we just launched this year, again, you go to our website and look for our foundation, but we've created an activity book for younger kids so that they're more aware of what is a work zone? What am I looking at? What, you know, Coloring it, doing some activities. And you know, our goal is um, maybe at some point in time, the kids in the back seat start nagging mom and dad when they're not paying attention going through a work zone. We've talked about that. We've tried to figure out ways to maybe get into our school systems and, you know, talk about roadway safety and driving safely through work zones and the dangers of distracted driving. So, yeah. you know, I, f- I feel like we're all yeah. on the same page there trying to, because it all starts with, it's it's like you said, and like they said in, in your um, ro- ro- road worker safety summit, that it's a culture and it's something that has to be taught. And, you know, and we know it only takes that one time. And and let me also add, if you or anybody wants access to that activity book, if you want to share it, you know, as wide as you want to schools all throughout your listening area, we're happy to, I mean, that that's a free download from our website. Um, And so anybody can go on there. Teachers can go on there. Um, If they're having trouble with it, we've got a whole customer success center that's going to, help walk someone through or just email them a link or email them the workbook if that's what they want. We we just want to get this word out because it's so important. It, it is. I, I agree. And can you give us those yeah, website one more time? Sure. If you go to the um, atssa.com, atsa.com, from there you can get to our foundation, you can get to our training, you can get to just about anything we do. Uh, it's the easiest way to find out what's going on in roadway safety today. And you can also access our um, roadway safety magazine through that same link. Okay. And we'll put those in our show notes also. So our listeners can take a look at those if they have any questions or anything. Now, all I want to say is I really appreciate you giving us the time to talk about this. And um, I, I mentioned it before, and I just want to say again, that the workers in this, in the industry, your listening audience, um, our, our working audience, they're the heart, they're the backbone of everything that's happening out there right now. And they've, they've continued to work through COVID and everything else. And we have to keep in mind, these, these are people's sons, daughters, mothers, fathers. And so please give them, give them a little bit of a break. 
Um, coming up, uh, I'm gonna give you one other in April. I don't have the date in front of me. Um, National Work Zone Awareness Week is coming up. There'll be a whole, a whole group of activities. And again, you can access information on that through our website. There's a whole lot of activities. Michigan's actually hosting a virtual event this year um, that's gonna kick off nationwide for that week. Um, but wear orange that week if you can, and just make people aware of the workers out there in those work zones because they're, they're important folks and they need to get a nod from us every once in a while. What Stacy is talking about is National Work Zone Awareness Safety Week, and that's April 26th through the 30th. And it would be great if you could wear orange. That will increase that awareness, let people know to drive safe through those work zones. Be careful. Don't drive distracted. Drive the speed limit. Well, Stacy, we really appreciate all the work that ATSA does, and we should all be worried about, we should all be working towards is that zero deaths on our highways. Well, thank you very much. We, we love sharing that priority with you, and anything we can do together, we're all in. I want to say thanks again to Stacy and to ATSA for everything that they're doing, and Remember, if you've got a comment or a question or a show idea, just hop on to talk at downwiththedig.com. Leave us a little note there. Remember to like us, share us, subscribe to us, download us, and tell all your friends. And most of all, just remember to be safe out there. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.